Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we're going to be talking about TV writing competitions. There's so many out there in all shapes and sizes. So which ones should you enter? And what should you actually expect from them beyond just what they promise on their website? First, let's just talk about what TV writing competitions are in the first place. In general, most TV writing competitions that you're going to find are run by private companies, businesses, organizations, and for the most part, they're doing it to turn a profit, especially the ones that you're paying to enter, which is pretty much all of them. But there are a few that are run by organizations such as the Academy for the Oscars that run the Academy Nickel competition that are essentially just looking for good talent and they are only charging people to cover the costs of their readers and their administration and all that kind of thing. Same thing with many of the fellowships. They're not doing it to turn a profit. Although we are not necessarily going to be talking about either of those since the Nickels is for feature scripts and the fellowships are obviously not contests per se. So... In this episode, we're really more focused on the exclusively private companies and private organizations that do TV running competitions in which you would be paying a nominal fee to enter. I don't mention the profit thing necessarily to disparage them, just to make you aware of the fact that that is something to consider when you're entering these things. They're not necessarily just people who are there to help other people. That might be a part of their intention or a side effect of that, but ultimately, these are people who are making money off of writers entering competitions, and so you need to make sure that you're going to be getting equal benefit out of that for you. Basically, that they're a good business (laughs) that takes care of other people. Exactly. Let's talk about what you will be getting out of them, as in why you would enter these TV writing competitions in the first place. In general, you're looking at stuff like money as a cash prize, potential for representation from agents and managers, mentorship, building relationships, getting traction or heat, and potentially producing or packaging your script. So let's dig into each one of them. So first, money. To be honest, usually that's not why you should enter a contest in the first place. Think of the cost of entering, which would be potentially between $50 and $100, and what you would be getting at the end of it, which for some contests, I believe you may get upwards of $15,000. But keep in mind, this is $15,000 for one person, right, out of however many thousand people enter. So I actually estimated the numbers of entry. I looked at this past AFF, Austin Film Festival's second rounder, which accounts for between 10 and 15% of all entries in the TV running competition, specifically for both drama and comedy. And there were roughly 600 second rounders. So that would mean roughly 6,000 potential applicants in the first place. So think about this. You have one in 6,000 odds of recouping your $50 bet. I wouldn't necessarily take that bet especially since that should not be the main reason why you would be entering the competition in the first place. Yeah, if your friend said to you, hey, give me $50 and I'm going to press this random number generator and if it hits 6000 I'll give you more money back, you're probably not going to risk that $50. In my experience, I have on and off won a couple hundred dollars here and there from competitions. They give you screenwriting software packages, membership to online screenwriters organizations and that kind of thing. But in general, as Alex says, this is not the reason you should be entering. It's not something 
where you're going to win big and live off the winnings for the rest of your life or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I think at most competitions, first prize is generally speaking going to be like a thousand dollars. I think the pitch competition is a thousand dollars for the TV running. Yeah, that's uh, right. The feature ones are often a little bit more. I think you get something like thirty thousand dollars for the Academy Nickel. I think maybe Script Pipeline does twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar prizes for certain things, but those are often more on the feature side. And again, perhaps it's really still not the best odds and not something you should be banking on. So next, we're going to be talking about the attention from managers and agents, i.e. representation. So essentially what they say when you could be noticed by a manager or an agent by entering our competition is, is if you reach a certain level of the competition, whether it's a finalist, sometimes it might even be semi-finalists, more often it's just the winners of certain things like first, second place, etc. It could mean anything from them sending an email with the log lines of these scripts on there to people that they know in the industry or just a general blast out to companies that they're aware of or something like that banking on the fact that like, hey, these are winners of competitions. Do you want to read them? This can often be only a little better than a cold query. You know, these people have to notice the email, they have to read the log line, they have to like the idea, they have to request the script, then they have to like the script, and then they have to want to meet you. And that's if they have time for any of that. But then other times there are people who run competitions that do have real genuine relationships with managers and agents, and they happen to have read your script along the way, and they're going to vouch for you, send the script directly to these people with a recommendation. And as a result, you might get to take some meetings and possibly get signed. I think we brought up in one of our later episodes, this idea that agents are almost tastemakers. So the competition is, this is going to sound dirty, but it's almost the agent is going to get a sniff out of that, uh, <laughs> that wine or what have you. <laughs> Your mileage will vary, and we'll be digging in the next section on our own experiences with all these contests. But the same can be said also for producing and packaging. Sometimes these people will have a closer relationship with those competitions and organizations and may actually get a lot of their clients through those channels. I think Brooklyn Weaver is one of the most famous examples of that through Tracking B. And those people will usually try to push those projects through versus letting them fall by the wayside because they have a more vested interest in those projects because, again, they have an actual ongoing relationship with the competitions. So some contests will have those people and some won't. And some contests actually won't even tell you who reads you even at those final stages. So it could just be an assistant. It could be a lower level person that is not even a decision maker. So be wary of that. Yeah, there is always the potential for production companies or producers to discover your material through these competitions. And if it's a great script and a great project, they don't care where it comes from, whether it comes from a top writer or whether it comes from someone who's brand new. If they think that they can make it and it can be good for them, then that's something they're going to want to do. But again, very slim chance amongst this whole thing. So don't think that it's a guaranteed ticket to getting your movie made either. Or TV, or your show. TV show, I should say. What about mentorships? Some contests offer various degrees of mentorship, and that is either included in the prize package or it could be its own little side contest. Basically, the concept that you're being selected by a professional writer or executive with whom you will certainly have some kind of professional relationship or basis where he or she has seen your work and therefore has selected you in that process. So they already know your worth their time theoretically. So it's really about either answering your questions or seeing you and seeing how you've been doing or introducing you to relevant people. So that could be one way the mentorship could go. All of these things fall under that banner of building relationships through that. So the next thing is potential traction or heat or just something to put on your resume. So I actually got my first manager by having written down all of the competition wins that I had on my resume when I was interviewing to assist one of their writer clients at this this management company. They ended up requesting my stuff and read it and then ended up hip-pocketing me for a little bit. 
So you never know what's going to happen if you put it out there and make it known that you're a writer and that you've had some success. It definitely don't underestimate that resume aspect or at least that name check of trying to leverage what you already have. You already won this contest. Theoretically, it's a major one. You can use that to potentially contact agents or managers, even if the competition itself hasn't connected you to those people. So I think it's worth it. Another point, the personal gratification that you would be getting by winning a contest, I think, should also not be underestimated. I do know some professional writers, staff writers and above, that occasionally send in their pilot scripts under a pen name just to see if they still got it because theoretically it's a blind read so they won't even know who wrote it but they still submit it under a pen name sometimes and just to see if their original pilot is actually worth it. Obviously it's a different outcome than on the business angle if your pilot is getting picked up or not but it's still a blind read theoretically. And there are just other miscellaneous relationships and meetings that can potentially come out of this. Some contests actually have top prizes as meeting with ex-professional writer or ex-executive at Disney or Sony or something like that. And, you know, it is hard to say whether or not that could be worth it to you since you need to gauge the context, the time frame, when and where you'll be meeting them. Are you literally grabbing a coffee around the corner? Is it a sit down meeting for an hour in their office, having a proper lunch kind of thing? So it really just depends on the context of that as to whether it ends up being worth it and whether they're interested in the same kind of stuff that you're doing. Yeah. And the same can be said about any other relationship that you may or may not form through those competitions. I have one of my good friends and actually writer in my writing group, we met originally because we were both finalists in the same contest. So even though we weren't talking about money or representation, it was still worth it. And in fact, this writer sent me over to some agents. So even through that, that was still a relevant connection that was made that wasn't as obvious as, oh, this guy. CAA is going to read me just because I placed at the tracking board contest. Yeah, absolutely. I met another writer at Austin Film Festival in 2015 who I think had made the semis of the finals. And we ended up kind of getting along really well. And he was about to move to LA from New York. So we met up when he came out here and we ended up reading each other's stuff and liking it. And now we just finished writing a feature together. So you never know what kind of stuff you can get out of just being involved and putting yourself out there in a competition and meeting people. Let's dig in into actual competitions. All right. What competitions are out there? Which ones are worth mentioning? And what are our own experiences with them? So the first main competition that I want to mention is Trekking Board and specifically the Launchpad Pilot Competition. And I think it is one of the most noteworthy ones out there. The prizes range from exposure to money to mentorship. And you're listening to someone who was selected as one of those mentorship winners. I believe it was their first year in 2015, Mm -hmm. maybe. And so I was one of the three people selected by someone. And two years later, honestly, I've had mixed results with this mentorship, but I don't really blame the tracking board for that since so many others have had better experiences with their own mentorship program. So really, I think the big takeaway I've had from the tracking board is their excellent follow through and the sense of community that you don't really get with most other companies. You have obviously their message board system, but you also have an email system where the people involved in the competition actually care about what you have been up to. One of the the reason why it's one of the most reputable contests and companies out there, especially on the TV end, is because they genuinely want their people to succeed and are actually pushing them out to agents, managers, and representatives. Yeah, absolutely. And to some extent, that does feedback and help the competition as well, because if someone, as a result of that competition, got a rep and got staffed on a show, then that looks great for them, and more people are going to want to enter the competition. But like Alex says, I do feel that this company and these people do genuinely care about their writers more so than just dollar signs. For example, in terms of representation, this competition is one that my boss at the, the management production company I work at during the day pays very close attention to. He's a manager and producer, and he's signed two writers this year based 
based off of the pilot launch competition. One was the overall drama winner or the overall winner altogether, and then one was the comedy winner. We got a bunch of the scripts from the top 25 or whatever it happened to be when it came out and read through, and we really loved these ones and connected with them and met with the writers, and he made the decision to sign him. And now they're taking meetings all around town, and they're working towards getting staffed on their first job. And I know his previous years, he has signed other writers from that as well. So it can absolutely lead to those relationships in these competitions that do know the right managers and agents. The next TV writing competition worth mentioning is the Tracking B competition. And usually the prize involves exposure. I will quote their own website when they say that the five finalists will be, quote, promoted on trackingb.com to our community of entertainment industry insiders and will also be read by each member of our esteemed judging panel. So the most famous success story in this competition, and arguably one of the most famous success stories in all TV writing competitions, is through this guy, Mickey Fisher, who submitted a pilot script that he had written called Extent. And through that competition, he not only got representation through Brooklyn Weaver that I mentioned previously, but also got this show sold to CBS. And I think Halle Berry also starred in that show. And it's kind of like a once in a lifetime story, really, because he was just writing this spec script in his backyard and then submitted it to this competition. And lo and behold, not only did he get wrapped, but he got a pilot show, not only a pilot, but an actual show, I should say. And he wrote his entire experience in this awesome document that I'll be linking in the show notes called Answers to the Questions I Have Been Asked. And in it, he digs into what his process was, not only through writing this pilot and winning the contest, but also making the rounds of the pitch meetings, getting a show picked, and working in the room. So it's one of the most interesting documents out there. Yeah, and I think he actually just got another pilot picked up this year called Reverie. So we'll wait and see if that becomes a show as well. But he's obviously had this unbridled level of success, and I think that's what everyone who's out there entering these competitions is dreaming to have. So Oh, absolutely. In my mind, Tracking B, I will note that it is one of the most expensive t running competitions out there. I believe it's over $100 to enter one script. And they only have, as I just mentioned, five finalists and only one winner. And Mickey Fisher is the most famous example of the winner of this competition and arguably the dream for everybody who's probably listening to this podcast. But don't let the flash of this win blind you to what most contest winners will go through. That is not getting a show picked, but maybe getting read by reps or maybe getting read by some executives and so on. So there's still some grind there. Yeah, I think the more realistic outcome is a little bit of attention, a few good relationships that you then build on rather than this instant quote unquote overnight success. It's never really overnight. Yeah, I wonder how long he's been working on this pilot before he submitted to the contest. Exactly, yeah, you don't know his whole kind of story. So, All right, another competition that I'm a fan of is the Austin Film Festival. So not just the fact that it's a screenplay competition, but it is also an entire writer's conference that you can go to in Austin in Texas. And that's honestly one of the best parts about it. So it's an entire experience. It's not just an online email server somewhere that's putting up a list of winners. The best part of it is taking the time to go out there, attend, walking around with your badge that often has the name of your script and where you're placed on it. People see that, they'll talk to you about it. And you get to go to all these awesome panels because if you place in the competition, you get a discounted ticket and all that kind of thing and meet a whole bunch of people. And I think that's honestly one of the most valuable experiences. And it's a good way for people to parlay their way into what it's like to be in L.A. and and to put those skills to the test that you're going to need, like networking and learning more about writing and all that kind of thing. So it's a good little way to kind of like dip your toes in. Even international people I know will fly out from Australia and from different places to go to this festival and start meeting people and start trying to put their feet on the ground. So. The first year I went, 2015, was as a writer, and I had an amazing time. But then the last year that I went was actually in my capacity as a creative executive for this management production company that I work for. 
And so I specifically went and attended the film festival last year to scout writers and projects for my company. So the Austin Film Festival gives all the industry representatives what they call a producer's booklet, and it has all the log lines, the titles, the contact info of the semifinalists and finalists in it. Whenever you have a second, you sit down, you read through, and if anything stands out to you, you can email them and request that script. And I definitely did that with several projects read some writers. I've since had meetings with them and a couple of them I'm considering or have already put on my boss's desk to be represented. Also, while I was there, they have this pitch competition that you can do and they hold the finals of it in this this bar and it's sort of like this big raucous event. They have some really great judges like Craig Mazin and Lindsay Duran and that kind of thing. So I just sat there and listened to everyone's pitches and I stood off to the side of the stage and when I heard one that I really liked, I saw a writer that I thought had potential, I would just give them my card and I've since, again, connected with those people, emailed, caught up and had a meeting. So even if you don't necessarily win that competition, things can come out of that too. But like we're saying, in terms of prize money, that's not the big draw. I think the prize money is maybe a maximum of $5,000 for a feature winner, which isn't you guys because it's a TV writing podcast, but it's only about one k for TV winners. So that's not why you're entering. It's really for all these other benefits. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why I think the Austin Film Festival is the go-to TV writing festival in the country and arguably the world. And that is because you get the opportunity to make those relationships in an organic way. They have those bars they can go to. And the fact that if you place in those competitions, you have on your badge, I believe, written semi-finalist or finalist and so on. So just the fact that your badge says that, that's an instant icebreaker, I think. And you can meet people that way. And as Nick brought up, Craig Mason just hangs out at a bar. I think that's his side job. Yeah, that, job, is, that right? is another one of the great things about the Austin Film Festival is you have these really big writers like Shane Black, Craig Mason. You've got Kevin Andrew Walker, Michael Arndt, who did Star Wars and Toy Story. They're literally just sitting around at the bar and are usually more than happy to have a chat with aspiring writers and impart some advice. Yeah, you go there and you'll have a live script notes episode going on. Well, That's yeah, there was one what... of those too, so you never know. Oh, I was just talking about the bar. <laughs> but no, <laughs> no they no, actually did a live script I... notes as well, so yeah. I was making the joke, Nick. Oh. Another TV writing competition that I'd like to bring up and one I placed in, in fact, I ended up runner-up a couple of years ago, is the GHRTS pilot script competition. And throughout our 30 plus episodes, you already heard me mention this TV networking organization, but they also have their own pilot script competition. And the prize on top of exposure is a badge to the annual New York TV Festival. Now for this contest specifically, I found it was most useful to reach out to people and have that on your resume. It's especially a good way to connect with fellow GAHHS and HRTS members who will recognize the, the organization and are in fact key people and executives within television itself. A lot of it is banked on traction that you'd be getting out of this contest to reach out to specific people that would care about this contest. GHHS is one of the more well-known organizations in TV, whether it's the junior version GHHS or HRTS for more senior executives. So my script did get sent out to some people but I wouldn't say it went as wide as something like tracking board or even AFF. That's because the burden at the end of the day is much more on you as an individual to do something with that win. And that's also in part because the people behind the GHRHS pilot script competitions are usually lower level assistants or junior executives. So given that they don't have 24 seven available to just send you out to people. Yeah, uh, they're not, not being paid, paid not, to do that. So. Exactly, it's um, not like a fully blown like pay to play company. And it is important to note as well that you do have to be a JHRTS member to enter this competition, which usually involves working in the entertainment industry in some capacity as an assistant or those associated roles. I think I initially brought up in episode three, going way back, 
28 episodes ago. EHSS and the point of this organization, which is obviously a networking organization, unlike all the other companies that we are talking about in this episode. Next competition that you've probably heard of, uh, the Page Awards, capital P-A-G-E. So that's another sort of just one of those competitions along the lines of script pipeline or final draft, big break kind of thing that has a relatively good reputation as a competition. They award a certain amount of prize money. I believe it's something in the way of $1 million. <laughs> something in the way of $1,000 for their gold prize winner in the category, 500 for silver, 250 for bronze. So they have a tiered approach there. But again, it's really not about the money here. I believe they do the similar sort of thing in terms of sending it around to people in the industry. But, you know, honestly, I made the semis of Page one year and nothing really happened for me just because of that. And not just Page, but most competitions in general, you need to at least be a finalist for it to be fairly notable on your resume and maybe actually win for it to be really taken seriously by people. Making the quarterfinals of XYZ competition usually isn't going to impress anyone. Maybe oftentimes it's more about consistency. If you have a resume that has 10 competitions, semifinals and finals on it, well, that means that you're consistently being recognized as a good writer rather than one time getting a quarterfinal somewhere or something like that. So that's just something to consider for that resume building aspect of these competitions. I believe now Page is a partner with an organization called Roadmap Writers. And through that, you have opportunities for things like mentorships and Skype pitches to executives that you can do. So I think that's all now integrated in with that competition as well. The next year running competition, and it is another one of those more well-known ones, is the Final Draft Big Break Contest. And the price for this is once again, a thousand dollar cash. I think you also get a final draft 10, which may be also a thousand dollars worth of, <laughs> of uh, software. But really the big uh, takeaway of this contest is the exposure that you would get. And I think it's one of the better contests out there to getting read and meet potential reps. I know several people who've gotten reps initially through that contest. Now, if you're already repped or are not looking for a representative right now, then I don't think this contest is necessarily worth your time or your money since it is on the higher end of cost. I think one entry is about between $40 and $65, depending on when you enter it. So it's definitely not cheap. And given that the prize is not substantial enough, I don't think you should enter if it's not really in your best interest to meet potential reps. That can more broadly apply to a lot of these competitions, but we'll talk more about that later. One that I've had some experience with is Script Pipeline. I actually came in second in one of their competitions. And through that, again, there was a prize, uh, which I don't recall right now. But for me, the relationships that I made through that were much more valuable than any prize. So their director of development there really liked my script and he believed in my writing. And this is when I was still working and living in Canada. And so when I told him that I was moving down to LA, he wanted to meet up for coffee. He got me into one of their big pitch fest events for free, which was otherwise hundreds of dollars to enter. And even to this day, still invites me out to networking events and introduces me to people. Occasionally, he even still sends my script out to producer friends of his who have opportunities when they come up. So I think that's one of those best case scenarios in terms of relationships is you find someone who really does believe in you and wants to put you out there and see you succeed, whether it's a rep or someone that you get passed off to, or whether it's actually one of the people who's helping run that company in those competitions. And they do have a number of good cash prizes and stuff as well. Again, I think around $50 entry, that sort of thing. 
All right, so that brings us on to the next section, which is what you should consider before entering. So how do you know if one of these competitions is actually reputable or worthwhile? And also really knowing why you're doing it and what you're going to be getting out of it. As we said before, I really don't think you should be competing for the money prize. It's much more about the relationships. You're not going to make a career or a living out of a $1,000 prize, even if you're lucky enough to win. The real value is being read and building those relationships and having those opportunities open up to you. And there are so many competitions out there that you can be spending your entire income just submitting to them when perhaps only certain ones of them are actually worth your time and investment especially because every contest i believe is now 40 50 60 a piece so you're going to get up to that a thousand dollar amount within two years just of spending mm-hmm. those contests now there's a couple of steps that i go through to gauge whether or not a competition is even worth entering or worth pursuing so the first thing that i do is just looking at who is actually going to be reading my material and i'm not just talking about the finalists i'm not just talking about the esteemed finalist panel of three executives. I'm talking all the way through because the reality is most readers in those competitions are just assistants or lower level readers that that don't necessarily know what they're talking about or are exposed to so many scripts that it's almost a judgment call, not necessarily an objective way of deciding whether or not you're good. Yeah, absolutely. I know, for example, the Austin Film Festival, they draw their readers from people who have previously made at least the second round of their previous competition. So you're probably going to get some really great knowledgeable people in that and you're going to get some less knowledgeable people and so you're the content of the feedback that you're getting is going to vary and the judgment you're getting is going to be somewhat subjective absolutely the second thing that i do is i look at past winners i'm skeptical of this winner takes all competition where you have six thousand entries and there's only going to be one winner and there's no finalist and no quarter finalist or whatever because that puts the burden on this one person to carry the whole competition over as justifying why you should be paying ninety dollars to a hundred dollars to to enter it. Yeah, I think for me, part of that is the transparency. All of this money, these $100 per entry of how many thousand people enter goes into this big black hole. And at the end of it, out comes five winners. You don't know how they were selected. You don't know who was reading them. It's all just a matter of trusting this organization to come up with that. And so you should just be wary of that and know what you're getting yourself in for if you're wanting to take that risk. Yeah, I mean, it behooves those companies to be as transparent as possible. And that's why I think we both like tracking board is because they have this accountability in the sense where they keep up with their finances and they keep up with their past winners and so forth. And you actually have a living document of what those past winners have done and gone through, which is not necessarily the case for most competitions because so many of those competitions tackle so many different types of contests that it is also really hard to cater to all of them. Which brings me to my other point and my other way of gauging whether a competition is worth it or not is if this company does 50 different competitions three times a year. And it boils down to a simple question. How can you service your winners adequately if you have 100 winners every year? That just doesn't make sense because out of those 100 winners, that means there's what, tens of thousands of people have applied before it? Yeah, there's no longer as high a barrier there that people are going to be like, oh my God, it's the prestigious winner of whatever. It's like, oh, it's one of the hundred people who won this year. It's not going to have that same reputation and prestige for people to believe that you're really putting a filter through those things to only get the good material out. That's why the Nichols Fellowship is so prestigious because you only have 10 people every year out of thousands of entry. And the last point that I'll mention in terms of the system I have in place to figure out if a competition is worth it or not is to look out for upsells and coverage and consulting programs. Because as we've been mentioning, obviously, most of these companies are for profit on some level, which is fine. 
However, if the entire point of this contest is only for you to spend another 100, 200, 300, $500 to get their consulting fee in, then that means their priority is not in line with the contest. It's actually in line with their consulting service. So I think that's a big red sign, especially if the cover service is substantially more than the price of entry from the actual contest. If it's just like an extra $50 or whatever, that's one thing. But if it's pay $500 for this specific cover service that may not be relevant to this competition, then in my mind, that's kind of a red flag. Yeah, if someone is financially motivated for you to more or less not succeed so they can keep giving you notes and coverage and telling you how to do it, then to me, that can be a conflict of interest at times. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've already covered also why getting notes and feedback should be done outside of those financial incentive areas where it should be about your friends, your family, professionals, and other writers. And it shouldn't be companies selling you. They want you to spend extra money over and over again on those feedback services. And that's not necessarily in your benefit. That's in their interest. All right, so let's take a look at a situation where, yay, I've gone and won this competition. I'm waiting for my career to really take off, but nothing's happening for me. What went wrong? What's happening? <laughs> you're wrong, Nick. No, uh, you're not wrong. I mean, much like any relationship, sometimes it just doesn't work out or you don't get what you hoped for out of the competition. You were promised a certain thing and you may not have gotten it exactly the way you wanted it. I've had my fair share of those experiences, but that doesn't mean you should not keep trying and entering those competitions. Like the famous American expression goes, <laughs> don't let one bad apple spoil the bunch. The fact that you won this competition is in of itself vindication of your talent and your success, right? Think about it. You've outlasted hundreds, if not thousands of other people. So don't let what happened after that tarnish that win. Now use the traction that you got by winning that competition and build yourself up. We've been talking about that resume. We've been talking about those queer letters and what have you. The fact that you won X competition, especially if it is one of those listed in this very episode, is news enough for you to either hit all contacts back up as an excuse to follow up or even deepen a relationship you have with either someone you met at an event or some executives or what have you. It's an excuse to reconnect with that old acquaintance and keep up with what they've been doing and obviously what you've been doing. It's just progress and builds momentum. I think that is the key. Yeah, it's a really great idea to just always reach back out when you have news and let people know that you are working towards that stuff and you're having success. And everyone's always happy to receive a short email about like, hey, this great thing just happened to me and they'll congratulate you and you'll be on their radar again. What if I won and it's old news? Is my win worthless now that it's been one year, two years, 50 years, a decade? Well, maybe a decade is old news, but <laughs> outside of that, I think... A hundred years. A hundred years. A <laughs> hundred year win in the script contest. <laughs> Beyond just those outdated wins, I think there's still ways for you to be relevant. For example, you can try to connect with the new crops that winner from your own pool and share your own experiences, whether good or bad, it doesn't matter. But even though you're an older winner, you can stay relevant and in the discussion by having actual relationships with the newer crop. I've met the newer people who won the VHHS contest and we became friends. Actually, I knew them beforehand, but I met the other ones and they were also cool. You're in this alumni or this little club of people who won this contest and there's only a few of you, there's not hundreds of you, there's only a dozen of you potentially. So I think that in of itself is valuable. Yeah, you should never undervalue meeting people at your level and your peers and fellow writers because you never know how it's going to help or those relationships are going to be valuable to you. It's not just about meeting the head of Sony or Disney or what have you. Yeah, it's like Pokemon Go, right? Collect them all, including those wins. Speaking uh, of outdated references. <laughs> 
So my caveat to all this is that essentially the further you get towards your goal of being a working writer, the more people you meet, the more relationships you build, and particularly if you find or have a manager or agent, the less useful these competitions will become. So sure, something like winning the nickel is still going to be great for a working writer, but the most important prize you can win from any of these competitions is to get noticed. Once you have a legitimate representative already, you're more or less already in. You don't need competition wins to get you in doors and meeting people at that point. That's not to say your career is set for life. Like we said, you still have to work every day. You still have to keep networking and writing. But at the most basic level, script competitions are more or less a lottery for unknown writers who have no other way of getting an in. For example, they don't live in LA, they don't know anyone in the industry. So once you're established, only the bigger ones, like maybe Nichols or Fellowships, are really going to do anything significant for you. And that's just my opinion. I obviously don't know everyone's stories. It's really up to you to weigh the upfront costs versus the expected benefits, which we've tried to inform you of just here in this podcast. I personally feel there are diminishing returns and I felt less of a need or inclination to continue to enter these competitions the more established I get in LA and in the industry. At the end of the day, TV running competitions are just one way of getting your foot in the door among so many others. <laughs> All right, Nick, what are some takeaways? So number one, you should know the rewards for the competitions that you want to enter, including money, relationships, traction, mentorships, or representation, but then also balance it against the costs and how useful they are to you at whatever stage of career you're currently at. Number two, be aware that your mileage may vary with each competition. Learn from people's past experiences. Number three, don't let the lack of success from competition deter you from continuing to perfect your craft and building on the relationships that you have already made. And finally, even if you win or place highly in a competition, you still have to do the work to put yourself out there. Keep writing and networking. Don't rest on your laurels. This is just another tool in your arsenal, not a golden ticket. All right, that brings us to the end of our episode. So as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. You can get all of our show notes for this episode at paperteam.co slash 33. If you'd like to leave us a review, we would like that. So please, please do. You can go to paperteam.co slash iTunes. All those iTunes reviews are going to continue to help us get new listeners, build our community, and it makes us feel good when we read nice things. <laughs> as always, I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, opinions, you can send them to ask at paperteam.co. That's you. What's happening next week, Alex? Well, next week we're going to be talking about spec scripts. Yay. And we're not talking about the spec pilot kind. We're talking about the good old spec script as in the fake episode of a TV show and some do's and don'ts. Alex is our resident expert on that. So get ready for some great advice. Knowledge will be dropped. Knowledge bombs. Like this mic. Boom. (laughs) See you next week. See ya.